All right, I'm here with uh, my <clears throat> latest guest, Obo Udo. He What's is going a on? business partner, friend, <clears throat> true visionary too. He's a guy, me, me and him have had like just countless great discussions just talking about, you know, the future, you know, kind of trends that we're seeing and yeah, really excited to have this conversation through a recording platform. <laughs> yeah. I'm also very, very excited to be here too. And yeah, thank you for the opportunity and just reaching out to me and, you know, asking me to be a guest on here. Pretty excited. Excellent. So <clears throat> you were just talking about Nikola Tesla and yeah. the fact that he, he was a guy that was just so far ahead of his time. Like, even his technology today, you know, hasn't been um, iterated. We haven't seen it in scale. So I don't, I don't know where you were, but you were saying that basically he was a guy that, that followed this one vision that he had for the future and for the world, for free energy. Like you said, harnessing the energy of the sun, and it just, it just didn't happen. Yeah. So... I mean, you can keep talking about that, but basically what we were just, we were, the, the whole point of it was there's kind of two different kinds of entrepreneurs that I see, at least. There's the kind where more, generally more of an artist or a visionary type of mind, and it's someone who is really passionate about, like I example I gave earlier, something really specific like saddle making. This dude grew up in a saddle making family, and he makes the best leather saddles in all of the Netherlands. You know, so like he's just destined to make the best saddles ever. And that's, and you know, he has this vision for this huge company that can make the best saddles for the best price all over the world. You know, and that's, he's going to do that until, you know, his plan is realized. But then there's the other kind, like, like I, I like to think of, uh, you know, like Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban oh, is like, a, yeah, he, he's like Richard Branson, right? Mm -hmm. They're opportunists. They're guys that are, that are looking all around at the context of the world, they're, they're a high level of, of leadership and awareness, super brilliant minds, but they're just, they're brilliant in a different way. They're, they're not, you know, they're, they're more looking at their environment and seeing how can I extract the value out of the environment? Or, you know, if you look at it the opposite way, how can I give value to my environment, you know, with my skill set? So... Yeah, so that, that that's kind of the discussion we're having right now, but um, so how on that spectrum, where where do you where do you identify, like for yourself? Me personally, mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, I think I I I identify as um, as a, a, a more more of a scientist and a and an artist, so. Mm -hmm. I kind of do several iterations of very many things in my head, mm -hmm. and then um, after doing that, then I take action, which is, I wouldn't say it's good, I wouldn't say it's bad, um, it's just what, it, it's kind of my natural default in my own setting mm -hmm. of how I approach a lot of things, because I have the... I, since I have this visionary mind, I can typically see multiple things and, you know, I, I, I can see one problem and see 
five to ten different ways of solving them. So, so would a good analogy be <clears throat> for any for any given problem or opportunity? Let's say for for the case of you know an entrepreneur, that's the mindset mm-hmm. we have. So, is it basically that you're able to kind of like run simulations and seeing? Yep. What kind of reactions are going to come out of the actions that you take if you yep. go this direction? What kind of, of reactions are going to come out of, you know, the next one? But you're just laying out your options, looking at, you know, the outcome yeah. each of them will produce based on your what you know and your predictions. Yeah. yeah. So, so kind of like starting with the end in mind. Sure. And then trying to reverse engineer to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, 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 the issue with that sometimes is that you can't really figure out, you know, if, um, if the, 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 the uh, if you would get the proper um, result back from the market, the market being the world, mm-hmm. are they actually going to communicate in the way that you're thinking in your head? Right. Which is why it's always very important to, to actually test things out in small Mm-hmm. In small facets, I, I think that's the better strategy. But my natural default is to mm-hmm. be inside my head and project out. So for you, what happens when you, you know, where you don't run those simulations, where you're just more, I don't want to say, you know, completely ignorant, but you're more just like you have a feeling or you have intuition that you're just following and you're like, I don't know all the details with this thing yet, but this opportunity lines up with the visions that I have for my future. Yeah. What, what are there times where you kind of follow that path and then you, and then there's other times like in other situations where you kind of are more, um, um, analytical or is it a mixture of both and you kind of have to jump into both with each decision, you kind of have to jump into both. Because mm-hmm. I know you, you're you a very intuitive person as well. You kind of follow your gut, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's a huge advantage, you know. I yeah. mean, I think that's huge. I think intuition is smarter than any, you know, scientific Thank analysis you know. can can really be, I, in I my agree opinion. With that. So, yeah, I, I would yeah. certainly agree with that. Yeah. Um, I feel like some of the best... Some of the some of the most you know powerful and influential and like the best people of all time they typically followed their own intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one one of my my personal heroes, which is um, Leonardo da Vinci. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, if you look at his story, he was you know the kind of guy that he had to follow his intuition mm-hmm. because the world wasn't gonna give him shit. Basically, what I mean is he was born in a time where he was looked at as, if anyone knows um, Game of Thrones, he was looked at as Jon Snow, right? Mm. He, he was the bastard child. See, now I feel, I feel left out. <laughs> yeah. I feel left out. It's, it's to, all good. Yeah, to, to, to the audience, I, I've never seen like a, a full episode of Game of Thrones, so I don't know what the the fuck he's talking yeah, about so. okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some backstory yeah. so Jon Snow is actually um he he is a child of Ned Stark and Ned mm. Stark is he was a king at the time right if you've watched the episodes way back when he died many many seasons ago mm. but um <clears throat> they call any anyone with the last name of Snow is a child that doesn't have th- th- basically a step a stepson 
mm-hmm. or, or like an adopted son. So Ned Stark had sex with a, a random lady um, and so had Jon Snow as the kid. And so Jon Snow does not have the same privileges as his um, brothers and sisters. So that's why he was kicked out and he had to go and be a member of the Watch of the Wall, which mm-hmm. is a place which is kind of exiled for people. Mm. Um, so basically his, his life experiences just didn't, it, there was not a lot of advantages for um, Leonardo da Vinci. And he had, to, he had to hold himself by his boot and kind of learn from the world. Mm-hmm. And that's how he picked himself up to living in royalty mm-hmm. on, on the last days of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why did I bring that up again? Help me out. I, I got to go 360. <laughs> uh, I, I brought him up to say... Well, the original question I asked you was... Um, I think it was basically about um, following your intuition, yes. essentially. In life. Yes. In, so so yeah. what he did, he ended up kind of learning a lot from nature. Mm-hmm. He just watched how water was flowing. He watched how the, the, the birds were singing and how the birds were flying and different things like that and how horses would run. Mm-hmm. And then he became a painter and through his paintings, he learned how to engineer mass weapons of destruction. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, but throughout his entire journey, it was all through his intuition that was teaching him um, what he needed to focus on in life, which was mm. bringing a mixture of the art and the science yeah. and creating engineering. So for you then, can you give a couple examples or maybe even just one, maybe tell a story about a moment of, yes. of, of extreme intuition where you had to just trust your intuition and take the action, you know? Well, I would say the one was my personal journey to entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um, and still going through it. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, or really not even entrepreneurship, just finding myself as an individual in this chaotic world mm-hmm. and trying to move through <clears> it and <throat> navigate. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> after I finished all the dogmatic things, which is go to school, um, graduate with a good degree. All the classics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which uh, I graduated with industrial engineering um, and then get a good job. I, I got a really good job with the number one, um, number one uh, uh, aluminum company in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I just still realized I was not happy and I didn't enjoy what I was doing. Um, I, I, sorry, I take that back. I enjoyed what I was doing. I just felt like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So then um, I told my boss, hey, I've got to go. I got to leave for a vacation really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I need to, to kind of get some space, clear my mind. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the reasons for it, you know, was just because I wasn't feeling like I was supposed to be there. And mm-hmm. that was my intuition talking to me. Mm-hmm. So I left and went out to Canada. And um, I had a very spiritual experience because my plan was not the plan. Like, I didn't want to plan it out. So I didn't know if it was going to be cold, if it was going to be hot, where I was going to stay. I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. All I knew was I was going to go out there and I was going to live off the land and just figure things out. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. I, I went out there the first night. 
this random lady told me, hey, come over and stay with me. Uh, nothing happened. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't my intention for anything to anyways. She just, she just felt like I had really good energy. And so she wanted me to... And, and, then, and then we hung out for about two hours. She figured out I didn't have a place to stay and she heard well, my story. That's, that's what happens, I feel like, when you trust intuition, though. Yes. Like, when you trust that you need to do something like that and you do it, I feel like the right people, you meet the right people. At the right time. At the right time. And then, you know. And then, um, once, once that happened, right, um, I had a place to stay and, and I left my stuff there. And then the next day, I meet some other gentleman that was, he was incredible. He was just, he was just a, an amazing guy. Um, and he was at the beach selling pot brownies because <laughs> this was during the time where they were fighting for legalization of marijuana mm. um and we ended up talking we I, I met him that first instance you know and then i met him again later on mm. and he and then we talked for about another two hours on the street and then he was like what you don't have a place to stay come stay with me mm. so then i stayed with him um and, and it, it just it kept on going right so basically what I learned from that experience is like, no matter what happens, there is a force that's protecting me, that's guiding me towards where I need to go. And so that was what made me pull the trigger when I came back to, mm. uh, when I came back to Iowa, where we're at right now, um, it, it made me realize, look, no matter what happens, I'm gonna be okay. So I'm going to quit my job. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm getting money. I don't mm -hmm. know how anything is happening. I have zero idea. Yeah. Then fast forward a couple weeks later, you know, I realized I wasn't going to be able to have, have a way to pay for where I'm staying. So um, I, I had to cold turkey, cut my lease short. And a couple, like two days later, a guy I knew <laughs> who worked at the, uh, who worked as a police officer. Uh, he had a place close to me. It was so much better than where I was staying. Mm -hmm. And he let me stay there for free <laughs> for several months. Yeah. Um, and uh, the reason why he wasn't there most of the time is because he actually lived with his parents where he preferred to stay anyways. Mm. He just needed the house over there so that he could be zoned to be able to be uh, a police officer in our city. Right. So I ended up leaving where I was, having a place to stay for free, um, and like figuring out more about myself and also figuring out more about my entrepreneurial journey. Um, when in the back of my mind, the entire time I thought that I, I had to be in this job, I, I had to have a job, I, you know, I had to have everything figured out. But the weird thing is when you're chasing your own personal legend, as the alchemist likes to say, doors open up for you, things happen, and it's all about trusting your intuition. So mm -hmm. I'm a big believer on trusting your intuition and going with that mm -hmm. because that's where the biggest opportunities are to give you fulfillment mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... I think a big thing is like another way to put it um, would be it really should feel effortless to follow your dreams. You know what I mean? 
like yeah. whatever purpose that you're meant for, which I think every person is meant for something, whether, I mean, it, in the scale of what you're meant for, maybe isn't the same. Maybe one person, like what you're meant to do is be a great father to your kids and you can follow your intuition and do that. Yeah. And if, you know, if your intuition doesn't tell you to go make a billion dollars, don't go try to make a billion dollars. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, really, if, if you give yourself enough time, spend enough time alone and really think you're going to find whatever your purpose is. But I don't, I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but. Ah. No, you, you were talking about following, following the, the intuition and, and, and making sure that like, like even if you're not destined for certain things, just you following that, mm-hmm. that path is going to lead you to where you need to go. Yeah. That's, that's what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I, I strongly believe that. I strongly, strongly believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because like in, in our day and age, I think it's always been from the beginning of time, right? You know, back, back, back in the day, it was, <clears throat> it was, you are what your father is, mm-hmm. right? So if your father's a farmer, you also are a farmer. If your father's a painter, you're also a painter. And your destiny was determined based <laughs> on what your parents were doing. And now it's a little different. Now it's more of your destiny is based on what the society is doing. So mm-hmm. um, if you look in certain countries, entrepreneurship is not the way, actually. Um, in certain countries, it's more about politics and being able to be uh, a political figure. In some countries, it's about medicine. Because a lot of people are dying because they can't, they can't like, you know, they, they can't get access to medicine. So, so basically, so they're doctors. whatever the thing is, is a reaction to whatever the problem what, is. Yes, to whatever the problem is in the area. So yeah. it's, it's all society based. Um, that's interesting. That's, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that, I mean, that, that makes sense in America why, like, it seems like there's such a big entrepreneurial, like, surge. Yeah. Like, there's more people teaching someone how to be an entrepreneur, or teaching yeah. people how to build wealth. Like there's 19, 20, 23 year old kids that have huge followings that are teaching 30, 40 year olds how to make a better income, how to, mm-hmm. you know, have freedom of time. So it's like that, that tells you something that like the collective consciousness of everyone in America specifically, like people are interested in having a step above what our parents had, essentially. Yeah, yeah. which know? which is it's it's a beautiful part of evolution. Um, and if mm-hmm. if you really want to think about it, though, the main stem is coming from the surge of uh, independence and freedom, right? Because mm-hmm. millennials right now have this big um, push for freedom and. The way that the media portrays it, they portray it as entrepreneurship is the means to freedom, mm-hmm. which maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. It Some all people, just depends on who you are. You know what? And that, that's a good discussion to get into because, you know, Gary Vee and a lot of other people who, you know, are just general commentators on you know, business in general that we actually hear. You got to put Ty Lopez in there. Yeah, Ty Lopez, all these people that we hear talk about business and they say, 
you know, wait, what, what was, what was the, uh, what were you just talking about? Talking about, um, time and entrepreneurship and freedom. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I heard a, a question in a Gary V like talk one time and it was about passive income and Gary just hates the idea of passive income. And he's saying, you know, real business owners don't have freedom, you know, that's, really like that's some truth to that. Th- there is. And, uh, and that, and I've thought about that too. And it's like, and that's the thing. If, if you're going to start whatever venture, it's like, make sure that, you know, you really want to like, you know, serve, serve the world, you know, for that purpose, whatever it is that you're doing. Yes. And that's, that for me is like, that's why I, I'm, I'm using things as investment vehicles for whatever vision that I want to have. So like real estate, you know, at least for me, it's just a means to an end. Like it's, it's a great tool to build wealth and it's a fundamental, it, it, there's fundamental value in real estate. And that fundamental value isn't going to leave, you know, there's some other valuable things like, you know, um, trimming, trimming dogs, Dogs, trimming dogs, like dog Mm -hmm. grooming. Like that's not, it it doesn't have the same fundamental value as housing because if the market crashes, I guarantee 20% of people that usually get their dogs groomed are going to not, they're going to somehow, yeah. They're, they're, they're not going to be able to afford that. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to be able to afford that. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm going to secure my money in this thing that I know is going to help me. But at the same time, it's like, I, I at least need to feel a sense of purpose with whatever I'm doing mm-hmm. and really working hard on. Because mm-hmm. even though like, I know that real estate is a means to an end, I'm not just innately passionate about real estate. Like I don't, necessarily want want to learn everything about real estate and be a real estate expert but i realize that i that's that's necessary yeah I, you, I you know what i'm saying like <laughs> I, for, I for think... me for me to do what i want to do i i feel like that opportunity is there for me to fully take the momentum from this skill set that i've already developed my main skill set is in real estate so it's like i need to like harness this and I need to take it to the next level, you know, invest more in that education, you know? Yeah. Cause it, it just, it just makes sense. Like real estate, real estate isn't going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like it's, there's so many different strategies. Like there's so many different directions you can go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, to me, I think uh, real estate is real estate is like a it's it's like a it's it's a new age bank, it's a new age banking <laughs> system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where instead of you putting your money inside of the actual bank, you're putting it inside of a inside of a property that is going to give you higher returns. So so than what if, you have in the bank. So so for people who don't understand how banks work, can you do a comparison of? what a bank will do with, with your money as opposed to investing like I private would, money I with a real to. estate company. I would love to. Um, and <clears throat> I, I would also like you to help me complete it too because I sure. know you have I got you. incredible amount of knowledge here. <laughs> but um, for <laughs> the, from, the, from the few things I've learned and have also experienced, basically putting your money inside of the bank, there is 
a certain percentage of return that you get from putting your money inside the bank. So let's say, uh, so annually you get somewhere around uh, 0.0005%, okay? Um, and that is how much, that, that, that is how much of interest you're getting every mm -hmm. year from the amount of money that you have. So let's say that you put in, let's say you have $1,000 inside the bank. Mm -hmm. Basically at the end of the year, at the end of one calendar year of having that money in the bank, you will get an extra five cent. Mm -hmm. If, if five cent. Um, and that's how the banking system kind of works. So, but the, the money, the, the banks themselves, they take your money that's inside the bank, right? And then they give that money off to other people that are moving the economy. They're giving that money to people that are producing, people that are creating things, whether it is uh, a loan for a new business or a loan to, to buy a property or a loan to buy a lot of different things. And they get an interest on top of that. So they get somewhere between five to 7% interest, depending on the bank and depending on the person's credit. However, investing into real estate, it's kind of like the same thing. It's kind of like putting your money inside of a bank because the, the, the real estate itself is not going anywhere, except if there is a storm or some type of tornado that comes and washes it down, which I really hope you have insurance. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you have insurance, then you can recoup uh, um, basically almost the entire amount, if not more, if you have insurance. But once your money is inside of a real estate, uh, inside a property, like a real physical property, then you can be making more money every single month, possibly between anywhere between uh, uh, five to an, inf an infinite amount of return on your money. There, there is just there is a there is a, a much bigger um, amount of money that you can make with investing into real estate as opposed to investing inside of your bank, aka saving in the bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think I think the reason people put put their money in the bank is because they assume it's safe. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's a that's a huge mistake too. Because what people don't realize is once they have your money in the bank, that money's moving. It's, it's not moving. It's, it's not, not actually sitting there. in the bank. <laughs> no, it's moving. The number is not changing. the The number mm -hmm. that you see on your mm -hmm. on your you know Chase app or but the banks can't survive and keep that number where it is without. Without moving, moving it, yes. <laughs> they have to move the money. Yes. So I mean, that's the only way their business can grow. Right. Is if they're lending it, because that's right. how they make money. And unfortunately, if 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 something crashes in the market, if if the market crashes and stuff like that, and you try to go to the bank and remove your money, um, <laughs> there's just no money inside of it for you to actually get out. And something else that people don't know is, um, let's say, you just got a bank loan for this house you just bought. People think that, you know, they're, when they're paying back the bank, the, that the bank doesn't get their money back for 30 years because, you know, it's a 30-year loan, you know, all the mm -hmm. amortization, all those fancy terms and stuff. Mm -hmm. But what they don't realize and what many people don't realize is that 
days, maybe weeks after you have that loan, after they lend you that money, they're selling that debt as an asset to another investor. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's literally like they, they make their money back very quickly mm-hmm. and then they're just cash flowing. Mm-hmm. So it's like when, when the bank wants a property back, you know, a lot of times the bankers don't understand that yeah. they, already, they already made their money. Yeah, but they still want, they still want the property. But yeah, there, there's a lot of things we could get into with yeah. debt and what debt actually is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that yeah. that's a whole rabbit hole. That, that's a whole. That's a whole other thing. For, yeah, it's a whole for, different discussion <laughs> for a different show. Because because we're we're talking about futurism, right? Yeah. 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 What's up? And, uh... <laughs> We got we got Jasmine in the house. <laughs> Jazz just came through. Yeah, uh, she she is a teacher, letting letting the future know about math. Ish. Wait for a minute though. Okay. Um, but something I uh, I heard it was um, it was a quote from Steve Jobs, and I know you're a Steve Jobs um, fan. I got you know. an apple. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the so. fridge. <laughs> okay. Okay. You got jokes? Yeah. <laughs> so, it, basically what he said is that all the best ideas are stolen. And basically what he means by that, I think that that's a facetious way of getting his point across. Mm-hmm. You know, all good ideas are stolen. Obviously, the best ideas are the original ones because those are the ones that are the thing that's actually reestablishing what our objective understanding of like what is real, like mm-hmm. what everyone accepts, mm-hmm. you know, because like Steve Jobs, like he had a vision for Apple just kind of being a part of society. It's just like just a part like McDonald's, mm-hmm. like there's McDonald's like everywhere you everywhere. drive. Mm-hmm. So it's like someone had a vision for that just being a part of everything. Mm-hmm. But what happened there is someone had a good idea, but the person that actually benefited from that idea, and this is what Steve Jobs meant, um, Ray Kroc, he came and saw a good brand, he saw a good product, a good system. And who is Ray Kroc again? He, so, so Ray Kroc, I don't know if you, if you haven't seen the movie Founder, great movie, you should check that out. I don't remember the name of the, it's a uh, Michael Keaton, maybe? Or... I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't remember know. the name of the actor, but it's basically the founder of the McDonald's um, corporation. And if you don't know, there is a difference between the actual restaurant that you go into that's called McDonald's and McDonald's corporation. So essentially what McDonald's does is they, they buy up land and then they, they basically lease out that land to franchisees of McDonald's, the restaurant. And they have store managers. So the McDonald's Corporation, Ray Kroc, who's the, the founder, CEO. I don't know if he's the CEO now. I'm sure he's hired all that stuff out, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. But he basically made the McDonald's Corporation a real estate company. Mm-hmm. So now that their game is secure the best quality land you know, for traffic flow and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And then find the right people to run, you know, to run the location. The day-to-day. Exactly. Yeah. So he, he repositioned himself as a real estate company. Yeah. He saw a good idea, and, and that's where, why Steve Jobs says the best ideas are stolen. Yeah. 
Yes. Because most of the time, the people who have the best ideas are visionary artists. Um, and visionary artists, 90% of the time, can't carry out their vision. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so, and it just makes so much sense. So it's like, it's all about building the right team. That's really what it's all about. It is. It's about building the right team. It is. And to add on to ideas being stolen, uh, the greatest ones, <clears throat> there is, uh, if you go back into law of attraction and we really look into it, right, there is, mm -hmm. uh, there is one faculty that's important. There are six different faculties, but one faculty is the faculty of imagination. And so this imagination helps us create things. And there's two different types of creation. There is the original creation and the synthetic creation. And so the original one is basically um, when, let's take a chair for example, mm -hmm. right? Somebody came up with the chair, right? Someone, mm -hmm. someone thought about it and was like, hey, you know what? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of standing. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of standing, man. And I'm tired of sitting on the ground. And sitting on the ground. There's like nothing there, right? So then they decided, okay, I'm going <laughs> to grab a couple of trees and, you know, put them in a certain way. And then I'm going to sit on them, right? So that, that was some artist created that, right, from his own imagination. But now, if you look at the chair, we have multiple types of chairs. We have chairs with three legs. We have chairs with four legs. Mm -hmm. We have some with more legs. We have some that roll. We have some that has cushions. We mm -hmm. have some that's executive. Mm -hmm. And those are basically synthetic uh, creations. Those are yeah. like you, you basically grab an idea from somewhere else and then you grab another idea from somewhere else and you grab another one from somewhere else and somewhere else and cool. somewhere else and you put it all together and you create something amazing. Yeah. And, and where it gets interesting is like when you have this new, when you have a chair, you know, this new idea, no one's ever seen a chair before. They're like, what the, the hell's a chair? <laughs> yeah. You know, like the first thing you have to do is convince people that this is good for them. Hey, everyone, every house in America, every house in the world will have a chair, I promise you. Yeah. You know, you got to convince these people of <laughs> yeah. your vision, but I'm sure people didn't buy it for a while, but right. you just got to try it out. Try out the chair, man. Mm -hmm. Sit down for a minute. Mm -hmm. Relax. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But then there's the whole question of, okay, now you've convinced people that they need it or whatever, but I think this is a kind of a symbiotic relationship. Both of these have to happen at the same time. How do you make sure that everyone gets a chair? How do you create that many chairs and how do you get the chair to the, all the people so it's like th those are the the parts of an idea that people don't right calculate that they, they, they don't calculate. They, they don't they maybe don't have the skills to carry out right and that's that's where the business guy comes in that's mm -hmm. where that person um really really comes in um and uh like like for you know for, for example my my degree which <laughs> it, it's industrial engineering the short form is IE, and if you want to make fun of us, the way to say it is imaginary engineering. <laughs> <laughs> the reason is because we just sit down on the corner and imagine stuff. <laughs> theoretical engineering. Yeah, yeah, it's theoretical engineering. Um, but <clears throat> the other really, really big part about it is you have multiple other disciplines within engineering. You've got the electrical engineer, you've got the civil engineer, chemical you know, I mean, the list goes on, bioelectric, biotechnology, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And all these people have specialization to be able to create something. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to grab that creation, 
and make it something that is uh, replicable, mm-hmm. something that you can sell on the market or you can sell on the shelf, mm-hmm. um, something that you can make over and over again yep. and share it with as many people as possible. So that's that's extremely important. Um, it's kind of like when when Tesla created you know AC uh, alternating current, which mm-hmm. is uh, in case some people don't know, there is DC and AC. Direct current, which which uh, was made by, um, what was his name? That Thomas what, what uh, Edison. Yeah, yep, Edison. Um, it's kind of like the battery that's inside your car, right? That's what he made. And then the AC is like all the different poles right outside of our houses that connects to our house. Uh, I wish you could see the video right here, but like that cord right there that connects into our house and gives our our home energy. Um, Basically, someone had to come up with a map, a roadmap on how to bring that into every household. And that is extremely important. That's a, that's a very big part, distribution mm-hmm. uh, of your product. That mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it just comes down to like, <clears throat> and that, that's why it's so hard to make a business because I think, I, I think there's a lot of people who have great ideas for products, but what people don't understand is that just because you have a great product doesn't mean you have a great business. No. Because context is everything. Mm-hmm. So if you have a great product, maybe you should think, okay, what's the competitive landscape? If, if you want to make an app that's just going to be the best app in the world, what, what you might want to do is look at all these big tech giants. Think about what are they missing? What would add them a lot of value? What, what is the marketplace not being given right now from an app or software perspective? And then start to build something with the intention of selling it, mm-hmm. with the intention of selling the company to someone like, you know, Facebook or mm-hmm. Google or wh- whoever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just starting to be more intentional about understanding <laughs> when you have a product or a business. Right. Because they're two different things. Right. And also, because um, some people, their their intent may not be to sell their business. Mm-hmm. So you got someone like Mark Cuban, and I, I love what he says. He's, he he looks at business very, very competitively. Um, to him, it's, it's a sport. And so he says, whenever he's looking into a new business, how what he thinks about is, how can the biggest company crush me right now? So mm-hmm. how, how can how can Facebook just come and give me a nice uppercut that would end me? Or mm-hmm. how can Google take me out? And then he figured, and then he plays with his idea on a very, very minute level. You know, while while the idea is still in the incubation period, mm-hmm. uh, he's figuring out, okay, what is my competitive advantage uh, compared to these giants out there, and how can I actually stand the test of time? And that's 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 what that's that's exactly what you want to think about. Um, and, and if if you do want your product to be sold, you know, to a Facebook or to a Google or to one of those guys, you know, you want to think about, OK, well, how can this, you know, like add on to their to, to whatever they're building? How, how can mm-hmm. this fit into the vision mm-hmm. so that you can be doing your work and building it and then sell it off to them later on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that gets into a whole other discussion, too, about when you're starting a business. 
Mm-hmm. The first thing you, the first thing you should think about is what's the exit strategy? Mm-hmm. Is it run the business forever and have the best, you know, have the best coffee company in the world, mm-hmm. or is it to sell that coffee company off to Starbucks after five years mm-hmm. after making this revolutionary brewing process? Or yeah, what, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but just being more intentional about okay, I'm I'm starting this business. Okay, what's what's the result? What's mm-hmm. what's the end goal? You know, because I you know it's easy to start things, but finishing them is the hard part. Yeah. You know? yeah. But having like you said, having the end result in mind when you take an action is probably the most important thing. And that's and that's really when you when it comes down to it, that's how you predict the future. That's how you create predictable results for yourself is really really be aware of all the different factors that are affecting your plan. Because the the way I always look at business and in life, I think from each person's individual perspective, everything's chaos because every other person is looking at it the same way. Yeah. So when I'm when I'm doing when I'm carrying out my vision in my orderly way based on my plan, other people's plans and other people's things don't match up with mine. So I have to find a way to maneuver through all those, you know, things that you're not going to see coming at you that are going to throw off your plan, mm-hmm. be adaptable. Mm-hmm. So it's like the science of it is making a plan where you can see all those different punches coming and you can plan to dodge them. Yeah. Sometimes you just get punched in the face. Sometimes yeah. you just get punched real hard. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get up and you got to be, and that's where the toughness comes in. It's like that you can't is. plan for all, like every time you get knocked to the ground, mm-hmm. you just can't. You can't, you can't, you can't. can't plan for some of them. And I think that brings us back to the very first conversation we were having mm-hmm. when we when we first started. It was how do you know when to stop something and when to actually continue? Because I, I, I believe that there is a point in time where it's like, okay, this is not working and and this doesn't this doesn't have any future. Like mm-hmm. and you just have to terminate it. Mm-hmm. And then you and then use your energy somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, and that's that. That is an extremely tricky thing. And I brought up the analogy of the owner of Airbnb. He started multiple companies that all failed, mm-hmm. and they were all actually really ridiculous ideas. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Airbnb, because when you really think of Airbnb, <laughs> it's, no, I and mean you're talking lots crazy. of shit about Airbnb today. No, 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 no I. I I am and I'm not. I am and I'm not. Because I, I think I think that it's it's really beautiful, but at the same yeah. time, like getting people to say, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up my house, like my <laughs> most private place mm-hmm. in the world, to some other random stranger to come and stay here for a night and then leave the next day, you know, and then you have to go to sleep <laughs> on the other side of the house. And then they have to sleep on the other side. It's just, it's very, very weird. Like, like put yourself into Airbnb's shoes before Airbnb even actually, like, took off and, and became a popular thing and became mm-hmm. something that people cared about. Well, and that, and that the hardest part in what I was talking about earlier is convincing people that this is a good thing. Yeah. 
That's the hard part, man. Jesus, it's how can tough. you how can you con- like how well, can you convince and, someone? And the that... only way you can convince them is showing them. Yes, that's the, the only, only way. way you convince them is to show them. Yeah, it's to show them. You you can't. Yeah. That's not something that you can talk about. And that's you where you get into distribution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you test and distribute mm-hmm. the service, the information, mm-hmm. the product, whatever? Yeah, you know. So for it's many like, years, Airbnb like was not profitable. Airbnb was a place that. Um, you know, a, a lot of investors actually doubted it. Kind of like, kind of like they're doubting um, Uber. You know, like a lot of people just doubted it because they doubted the idea that a lot of people would be so willing to have random strangers inside of their house. You know, mm-hmm. from an investor's perspective, they just didn't understand that. Um, but, <clears throat> but what 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 happened was several times they were you know they they were looking. You know they, they were they were going to give up actually they were going to give up multiple times but something inside them just kept them pushing on and i think what it was um which you you you, you all should hear his actual story from his own you know mouth but mm-hmm. the i think that the biggest part was they tested out the product themselves and the emotion that came out from meeting these people, <clears throat> from, from from meeting the, the clients that were inside of their house mm-hmm. and them going out and showing them the city the next day, you know, giving them a tour of the place and, mm-hmm. you know, that that emotional connection that they had with those clients, it it stuck with them. It stuck with them. And, and they wanted to give as many people as possible that same feeling of being able to come into a brand new city where you know nobody, but feel like you've been there for a long time because you actually have locals there mm-hmm. with you along the way, and I think it was that it was that passion, um, and and that that emotion that they felt from the beginning, that they knew that they could trend that that they could they could pass that off to other people. Mm. So that's that's what kept them that that emotion is what is what kept them going. Um, but but then again though you you have to be very aware you have to be extremely aware because it's kind of tricky there, there is some points where you you just have to kind of close up shop and then there, there's another there's another point where you have to keep fighting and um and yeah i, I don't i don't know if there's a a set way to, to know exactly like a set formula um but but yeah yeah I think before anyone gives up on anything, you have to, have to, have to um, keep pushing and just you have to look deep within yourself to figure out if this is something that you want to undertake and if it is something that you want to share with the world. Uh, that's, that's the most important part because mm-hmm. if that emotion is not there, um, then there, there's a disconnect and then there's no way you can you can actually bring it out. You will just continue to frustrate yourself. Mm. Cool. Okay, well, I'll wrap it up here in a couple of minutes, but before before we head out, is there anything that people should watch out for from you specifically for your future? Or what are things that you're seeing, maybe even just in the world, that you think people should be aware of? From the, from the perspective of kind of looking into the future? From looking into the future, I think that 
people should be aware of their personal well-being. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is one of the most important things moving into the future because the way technology is moving, technology is moving much faster than any other revolution right now. A- a- any other evolution, sorry. Uh, technology is the fastest evolution. Uh, spirituality is, is coming along, like the whole lifestyle and stuff and and uh, and business is also coming along too. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different ones, but um, technology is moving so fast that a lot of people are gonna be out of jobs, a lot of people are gonna be out of, out of, um, out, out of, out of their mind <laughs> mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be like, even literally, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. um, pe- people are gonna have to need a way to like, center themselves and, and be grounded again um, because things are moving so fast. As a matter of fact, if you look way back in ancient times, you know, um, even if it was poorer, more people were happy. Mm-hmm. And now as technology is increasing and as the life is getting easier and as people are getting their time back, mm-hmm. people are becoming more sad. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a, that's an interesting correlation. So I think that um, moving forward, you know, people's well-being is is gonna be is gonna be a very very big discussion, mm-hmm. um, along with many other things. But yeah. that that would be mine. Well, and I think to close it out, a good statement would be, with the technology revolutions, make sure that you're using technology and technology isn't using you. Amen. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm do. saying. I do. Like I, I like that. Yeah, I don't think. Put yeah. on a t-shirt, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a tool. Yeah, it Just is. Just like money. Yeah, it is. Anything else can be used for good or bad or mm-hmm. anything in between. So. Yeah. And it can consume you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but with that said, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Futurist. Um, again, just remember to be mindful about your past, what that means about your present and how your present actions can affect your future. And of course, make plans that you can be excited about. Take action on those plans because you know you have to be excited about the future because if you're not ex- excited about the future, in my opinion, there's, I mean, there's nothing else to be excited about. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah. That's all I got, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Abut, thank, thank you for being on the show. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Of course. Tune in for more discussions like this um, at a later time. I don't have anything lined up right now, (laughs) but we got some good content coming up. So peace out, guys. Thanks for listening.